What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock
Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, another special show today. It's like the summer of guests and friends, and it's very apropos. So what you heard there at the top of the show, I know you probably easily recognize that song. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, Alan Parsons' classic from 1982, Sirius slash Eye in the Sky. You can't play one without the other. You just you got to play them both. That is one song, in my opinion, so I, I'm not cheating. So... I played that because that particular version, and you're wondering, what, what, what do you mean particular version? No, that was a cover version, and I think maybe I might have fooled some people with that. I, I feel like, although maybe some people might disagree, but I think some people got fooled by that. And that's why I love this particular album that's out right now. It's called Zombie and Friends Volume 1. And the reason I'm talking that up, especially, but also I bought it recently, so I wanted to figure out a way to spotlight it on the show. I didn't play any of it last year on the Odds and Ends episodes because I was hoping in the back of my mind that I could get a particular special guest and friend of the show to come back to the show after years of not being on the show. So I've talked long enough. Let's bring him in, my special guest for this week, Mr. Darren Beck of Pinkish Black and the absolute lead singer of this Zombie and Friends project. Darren, welcome back to Rock Strikes 10. Thanks for having me, Joey. All right. So, Darren, we've known each other for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talked about this maybe briefly the last time you were here. You're almost like a member of the family, in a sense. (laughs) I I mean that, because, like, you're my brother-in-law. is one of his best friends. And we finally got to hang out a few times. Like, I remember specifically, like, at a couple of wrestling shows Mm -hmm. and uh, house shows, stuff like that. Well, not to mention I stayed in this house when I was a child. Yeah, right? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, see, me not being around for that era, it's different. So, yeah, full disclosure, I live with my better half, Nola, here in her childhood home, and Darren's been here quite a bit, Yeah, but just not when I was here. Right. This is very strange. (laughs) Had sleepovers here. Yeah. I I actually had a uh, former coworker of mine come in one time, and he was like, I met my wife here at a house party. And I was like, what? Wow. (laughs) It's like, my, my mind was just, okay. Getting way ahead and behind on this particular episode, but Darren, of course I brought you here specifically. I mean, you're always welcome to come on here and play whatever records you want <laughs> on Rock Strikes 10. I've always said open invite. But yeah, I want to talk about the Zombie and Friends project. I almost feel like I don't have to sell it. I, I think it's pretty much... The physical sold out at this point. I feel like they're... I don't know how many they pressed. Uh, so I, I kind of doubt it, but... Uh, I, I have no, I have no idea. Okay, all right. Last thing that, that they share with me is sales numbers <laughs> or physical product. <laughs> yeah, 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 that too. <laughs> no, no, we love relapse records. We, oh yeah, we, we tease because we love. And there's a lot of quality bands on there. Like uh, I was, I got really in like about a decade ago with that label. Just if I could do a little label talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was growing up, Relapse was like one thing. Mm-hmm. And they did it very well. They catered to a very specific metal audience, like extreme metal. And last 10 years, honestly, I never really bought a whole lot of bands on there. I don't, I don't know what your personal history is with, with Relapse in that sense. but it's, I, I've never been a big metal guy, ever. Yeah, so, and, uh, no, I, I, I mean, I'd heard of them, and I'm sure I had some records from that label, but, like, I never, you know... As far as really delving into the label itself to see what they were, uh, what their roster was, I didn't do that until 
they were uh, hit me up about being on their label. <laughs> being on the label, I was yeah. like, well, zombies yeah. on there, so <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, they got finally you see bands like Zombie coming in, and for me, it was like, yeah, Red Fang, and I got really into nothing, like because of Randy Brown, our mutual right. friend Randy, like really got me on that. That tired of Tomorrow record, just I was like, damn man. So like that was so good, I started to like pay attention to the label. And then they put out Survive, mm-hmm. Boys Out of Austin, the Stranger Things guys, yeah, of course. Yeah. People might know them out there. And so I was just like, man, these guys are onto something. Like, they have a different audience with me now. Yeah. So I just thought that was cool. And them having you guys just really send it next level. I was like, okay, this is an in-house thing now, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Right. So, yeah, Relapse has been doing great stuff. And the fact that, and I I'm, I know you've talked about this project quite a bit, but I'm you're going to talk hopefully talk about it here today. Sure. <laughs> so... I know that this particular project that we're talking about today, which is an all covers project, this is was this strictly a pandemic thing, or was there inklings to do this beforehand? Because I know Pinkish Black toured with Zombie years ago. I'm, I'm sure that's how y'all got to know each other. Yeah, well, uh, kind of. I mean, I knew. I mean, uh, Steve was touring with Goblin uh, the first time we actually met him. Uh, we had been Zombie fans for a long time. Sure. Uh, one of the only outings that my previous band the great tyrant ever went on as a band together was to see zombie up in denton and uh but no uh when steve was touring with goblin and we got to open for them on that tour uh we got to be fast friends with him and then as you know first thing we said was as soon as this tour is over we need to do a tour with zombie and so that became a thing and then no, the the impetus for all this was uh or the zenith i guess or not zenith but the origins of it is uh I had a job out in the Finger Lakes for my interior decorating, and Steve, it was when Steve was living in that area. And uh, after I was done working, he came and picked me up, and I stayed the night at his house, and we went out and did a bunch of karaoke. And nice. uh, so after that, it, we realized, oh, we both love like soft rock, you know. Yeah. And uh, he just, we were talking one day a few years after that, and he's just like. We were talking about Barry Gibb and and uh, the Bee Gees and nice. just talking about uh, and I start I started talking about how I'd just gotten into all the Barry Gibb demo stuff because uh, he did an entire demo of uh, Dionne Warwick's uh, what's the album Heartbreaker album yeah. Uh, and he did demos for the entire Guilty album by Barbara Streisand. He did all those on his own, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, well, I think it's him and like the guy you know, vocals. And yeah, stuff, a yeah. drummer or something maybe, yeah. but. Uh, no, and I started listening to that and was just blown away. And we were talking about that, and then all of a sudden, Steve decides, "Hey, I'm going to do a cover of Guilty. You want to do uh, the Barbara Streisand part?" And I was like, "Absolutely!" So yeah, it started there, and then other people started asking to be a part of it once we were did a couple, and so yeah, it just grew from there. So it was pre-pandemic, but the pandemic gave it a little more like t- time to do it. I exactly. Guess, no, and all of us were kind of you know I think sitting there. Yeah. wanting to do something sure but and especially i think for a lot of artists at that time it's like okay when you're presented with all the time in the world to do something that's mm-hmm. usually when you don't do anything <laughs> yeah and, and i was just sitting there going uh, talking to a few of my fellow podcaster friends like you we're all thinking oh our favorite bands they're gonna bank like four or five records you know like like prince you know like right. who would do that in a week Imagine Prince yeah. in a pandemic. Sadly, yeah. we won't ever get yeah, that. But, exactly. But damn, man. But we were like, yeah, we're going to get, I mean, politically and what the climate is right now, like, we're going to get, like, the best music and it's going to be banked for years and years. And yeah, no, it's it's more just, and I'm cool with this. But it's like, yeah, let's, let's just have fun. Let's just, 
Right. We can work, but let's do something outside the box in a right. sense. But in and for your taste, and I love this because this is another reason I think we get along so well is that our taste is kind of like what you were talking about, you know, with Steve and everything. Right. So you know, we bonded initially over talking. I remember it was the Xanadu soundtrack, our mutual love of air supply, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew when I heard inklings of this going on and you started posting clips here and there i was like oh here we go i love this because people have probably heard this story and for those of you listening out there and i got way more people outside of texas listening than inside i can guarantee you this right so uh, we're all over the place but dave lee ross my hero so just come with me uh so a lot of this comes from like my personal journey of when i first started getting into music and in my house, I've said this many times over the years ad nauseum to my friends of the show here, but I grew up in a country western household. But it was like that cool era. I realize now that cool era, that late 70s, early 80s cocaine country, as oh, yeah, Randy Brown yeah. likes to say. And so even if maybe I resisted at that point when I was starting to discover my own music, so we naturally rebel against our parents for the most part. But it was always there, you know, so it... Now it's a thing that takes me back. Another reason why I love the Statler brothers and the Oak Ridge boys is because of my grandparents. Right. That's my key to get back and hang out with them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this. Any good memories I have of growing up as a child is based around urban cowboy adjacent type stuff. Sure, sure. So, and also my mom is a big Barbara fan mm-hmm. and I'm not. <laughs> and not that she like did the whole like, you know, misery, like I'm going to play Barbara Streisand as right. my Liberace kind of thing. But... I never liked Barbara, but I got to say, like, and man, every time Guilty comes on, I do skip it. Not your version, (laughs) but I love that this speaks to the fact that Guilty is now with you guys doing it, and it it can be construed as a love song, like it was originally, but I like that now when I hear you guys do it, it becomes a thing about no shame, Mm -hmm. and that's something uh, my fellow podcaster BJ has always said, there's no such thing as Guilty Pleasures. It's called No Shame. Yeah. Because if you're willing to admit it, it's not a guilty pleasure. So, that being said, Guilty is now a whole new song. It's about, like, our love of this music, Mm -hmm. I think, in that sense. Is that kind of, was that the idea? I think, uh, probably unintentionally, that was the idea. But I think it was just, we both had a super big love for for both Barbara and Barry. So Mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, yeah, let's do this, because there's... There's yeah, there's other Barbara Streisand songs I like better than that one that oh, are wow. even written by Barry Gibbs. So, yeah. uh, no, it's it, it. I think, but I think yeah, for sure that that message I think comes across that yeah, we we don't care if you like this or not. We are having a good time doing this. Yeah, and uh, very ballsy putting you put it right up front like it's just right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the fact that it's a duet between two two dudes buddies, you know, yeah. that are not dude bros. Yeah, it's, we're we're not <laughs> literally in love with each other like that. Not that right. there's anything wrong with that. Not but that it's, there's it's, anything wrong with it. It's uh, no, it's just to us it was it was so funny and so fun, you know. Yeah. And that's that, how I saw it. Like I said, I thought about it not as a love song. I thought about it as a love of this music. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, it's so great to, like, have somebody to sing with. You know, that's one thing that, like, uh, I've always, like, looked for in bands is, like, oh, I love doing harmonies with people. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's, it's hard to find people that want to sing. Yeah. So, no, the fact that Steve was totally on board with it, I was just like, all right, this is, this is great. Yeah, I really dig it. Uh and I, I do want to talk about every song on this project, but 
we're only going to play half of the record because I would feel weird playing the whole record. Sure, sure. Because I do want people to go out and buy it if they have it. Right, or, right. Or legally buy it as a download. There's a CD out. There's a vinyl out. Vinyl is fucking gorgeous, by the way. But I could talk all day, of course, with you, Dan. Let's get to some music. The next one I would like to feature off of Zombie and Friends Volume 1 is this one right here. I talked about that I did not like Barbara. <laughs> and there's another act on there that you cover that I'm not a fan of. But I do like, it's like, I could say I like maybe an EP to almost a full-length okay. old album's okay. worth of material. And that's the Eagles. the Eagles. Yeah, yeah see? <laughs> yeah. But man, I, I, do, I do have to say, I can't tell you why has been one of my, okay, I do like this song. And I guess maybe in a lot of ways it's because... Uh, to me, it's never sound like an Eagle song in the same way that the Joe Walsh stuff doesn't right. sound like Eagle songs. Exactly. Like, I intend in the city as a Joe Walsh song, also because of its usage in The Warriors, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the great film, and uh, maybe Volume Three, right? Okay, but yeah, like that Timothy B. Schmidt thing. I didn't realize even until years later. I was growing up hearing that guy like on Richard Marks albums. And oh stuff yeah, like yeah. That. <laughs> but no, that guy can sing, and I've always liked that song for that reason. It's just smooth and it's it's and it it's was a her, headphone song. Oh too. yeah, and it was her last hit that they had, and yeah. uh, it was funny because like you know the vocals on that are so high. Yeah, uh, and I can sing that high, but I don't like singing that high. So I did the vocal. I did I doubled the octave, you know, and did right. a low take and a high take and just blended them together, but. I like I, I I like our version a lot just because it sounds when I start singing it sounds like something's wrong with the record and like it's on the wrong speed but oh. it's just like okay no this is how they're singing it and it's I yeah it's I, it, it it I think it probably throws people off when they first hear that super deep voice coming in but no I dig it man and I think you're gonna dig it right now so check it out Darren of course on lead vocals. I think doing a great job on this right here, even though he's being a little self-disparaging, but, you know, that's all good. So here's uh, Zombie and Friends, of course, with Darren. I can't tell you why. Oh, 
All right, there you go. Zombie and Friends version of I Can't Tell You Why. And uh, yes, I love it. And that's probably the only song for me, and you were talking about the vocals prior to hearing that. It's the only one for me that, of course, the music is like top order. Like note for note. It sounds like it was produced and engineered in the same exact studio. Okay. And I that that's a real testament to you guys. I don't know how you did that because you basically had to do mail-ins. Yeah, right? yeah. And Steve, Steve. I don't really, want to blow the uh, the no, image here. No, but, Steve you know. really took a long time and a lot of care in trying to capture the sound, you know. And he would sit there and listen to it and just be like, okay, you know, try to cap encapsulate the exact sound that it had. Um, how he did it, I don't really know, but uh, I mean. It's uh, it it was it 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 blew me away whenever he'd start sending me these tracks over because it was just like wow this is like straight up and I mean the bass line like uh, Brian Ritchie from the Sword played bass on that one and nice. uh, yeah he, we like the Sword yeah he uh, that that bass line is sick it's yeah, yeah. But, I mean uh, I would hope so yeah. you know <laughs> I, I always hate when like the one guy from that one utility instrument like will dial it back almost like come on do what you've been wanting to do right, right. this whole time no nah, he's an amazing Timothy, player yeah and uh, so yeah just can't say enough nice things about the production but I will say some more ever since the actual official physical release has come out of this record I have done all three I've, I don't know if there was an eight-track version. I haven't done that. I, I don't. Did y'all did a cassette though? Didn't you? I feel like there. I don't know. I was don't there think not a cassette? Did. Okay. I don't think we did. But that all being said, I've done it on vinyl, done it on CD, I've done it on headphones streaming on Spotify, uh-huh. and you know, I'm definitely a vinyl CD guy. I'm a physical guy. People talk about the warmth, you know, on old vinyl mm. and everything. It's definitely massively there on the vinyl version. The CD sounds excellent. Even streaming, if you got headphones on especially, it still sounds good. Right. And that's, to me, I think, the biggest testament to how good of a job he did with putting all that together. It actually sounds organic and warm on mm-hmm. fucking Spotify, which is a miracle <laughs> nowadays. Right. So, yeah, tell him I said so. Uh, I will. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Darren off the air, and I was like, you sing lead vocals on like pretty much every track on this album. And I know, let's talk a little about Volume 2. I'm excited that Volume 2 will be coming out soon. You even said it's pretty much a done deal, right? Yeah, yeah, as far as... What what can you say about it? (laughs) Uh, I, you know, I mean, uh, as far as I know, I don't know when it's coming out or anything. I know the cover art's uh, been approved and it's all mastered and ready to go. So, uh, but I imagine maybe this year, maybe next year. I'm not sure. Yeah, and if you were following the project as it was going, and good for you if you did, you got to hear all these things on YouTube as like separate releases. And I I did notice a theme from batch to batch. Obviously, the first batch is pretty much late in late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Volume 2 definitely starts in that sweet spot of like 83 up to about 86, 87. Mm Mm-hmm. With the exception of one song, by the way, on Volume 1, I will say. But it fits perfectly on Volume 1. We'll talk about that one later uh, when we get back to the ballads. But there's a few songs you didn't seem to leave vocals on. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let, let's give the other guy some love here. I'm going <laughs> to kiss your ass enough for this whole episode. Uh, but also, just one of my all-time favorite bands. You see the album framed up top here. Uh, from 1984, one of my all-time favorite records, Van Halen. You guys did a cover of All Wait. So, uh, any... Do you have any insight on that? Or uh, just... No, Steve did a great job. Uh, I, when we started talking about it, I was just like, you know, I don't think I can pull off of convincing David Lee Roth. So that's that's uh, hard to do. Yeah, so. and he was more than willing to give it a give it a go, and he did a great job of it. 
By the way, one of my karaoke safeties for a long time was just a gigolo. <laughs> I ain't got no bodies. So. Right. A lot of fun to do. You get a lot of call and response. Just No, but, I mean, it's a great song. <laughs> I mean, you know, Michael McDonald co-wrote, so, yeah. you know, there you go. Yeah, and apparently he had a hand in making it, like, they fleshed it out, apparently. Right. The idea that was there, and he kind of made it to what you hear. It sounds, I mean, you could yeah. hear the doobies doing it, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's too bad that, you know, and they're still touring. It'd be kind of cool if they did do be. that as a yeah. tribute to Eddie. It would be. You know, you, you're probably going to hear a lot of maybe pseudo so-so covers coming out mm-hmm. in now because people are going to be able to play them live and kind of take that ownership over. I feel like Michael should be doing that. You I'd know? be more than happy to hear him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Take a chance, Michael. Uh, but until then, here is a really, I got to say, as, as a big fan, I really enjoyed this version a lot. Here's uh, Coming Soon, Zombie and Friends Volume 2. This is I'll Wait.
All right, I'll wait. Zombie and friends. So, uh, who's some of the principal players on that one? Um, I think pretty much everybody except for me was on that one. Uh, okay. Steve and Tony from Zombie, uh, and then Brian Ritchie on bass, and uh, the guitarist from uh, uh, Trans Am, and then Jeff Gretz from Zao. But yeah, it's a it was the whole uh, nice. whole crew. Yeah. yeah. My old co-worker, Brian, he was, he was my assistant manager when I was managing CD Warehouse. Big Trans Am fan. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. the trans, trans Champs and the fucking Am, like, we listen to those on, on tour all the time. I've seen Trans Am probably three or four times yeah. back in the 90s. Yeah, he was telling me he saw him at Ridgely mm-hmm. uh, in Fort Worth, and he goes, there was like 20 people there. Oh, yeah, no. But he was like... He was like, they were all, they basically just like did a personal thing with like each person there. And right. He was like, when he walked down, so he's like, these are the 20 coolest people in your town right now. <laughs> no, I, I uh, saw them uh, with Six Finger Satellite back in the 90s at the Argo. And uh, they ended, and Trans Am ended up staying at our house that oh, night nice. after the show. And uh, we just, I think, sold them pot and talked about Gong all night, the, the ah. band Gong. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, play them on the show. <laughs> but no, they're they're an amazing band, and he's an amazing guitarist. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I just, just wanted to play that. I'm a big Van Halen nerd, so let's go with that. But that ties in really well going back to the Volume 1 record. So we talked about the Doobies and Michael McDonald. You know, and by the way, let's just get into it. People, I've seen this in reviews also. Do you like the term yacht rock? It's a, it's an after the fact term. I love the uh, the series yacht rock. On, sure, on YouTube, yeah. that that is just straight up my comedy alley. Like, oh yeah, it's just yeah. the we've I've watched that thing so many times. Like that was a big bonding point for the great tyrant when we were together. It was like we all. Nice. Caught, caught on to that and just were like yeah i yeah. it 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 reopened a lot of that music to me just watching yeah. that series and yeah. uh and, and for people that didn't grow up on it they had a chance to like oh right you know because they're not going to be subjected to that in a sense like mm-hmm. especially in the early 2000s you know like it right. just wasn't going to happen but so no, it was it's, cool for that reason too and it's great that like there's there you know uh, not to promote another podcast on a podcast, but yeah. the, the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast, oh. uh, which is done by the Yacht Rock guys that right. did the series. It's yeah. it's introduced me to all sorts of yacht adjacent stuff, as they say, yeah. or yeah. marina rock, as they call it. <laughs> so, I haven't heard that one yet. But uh, but no, I gotta it, listen to that show. It's stuff I don't, that you can do, promote other podcasts, stuff that doesn't right? quite make it onto the yacht. That's what yeah. they say. But yeah, it's see, it definitely seems less <laughs> derogatory than like the phrase like hair metal, which I still don't like. Sure, and, sure. Have you heard? You know about Sophistapop? I do. Like, I love Sophistapop. Now, was that a term when it was out? Because I never heard that. No, as a but kid. it makes perfect sense, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, one of it my, rolls my, off the tongue. My favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite bands of all time is this band, Danny Wilson, who did that song "Mary's Prayer." Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I that that band. They only put out two albums, I think. But like, seems like the case I, for that. I listen to those albums religiously still, yeah. and they're very. very it's like. A more pretentious Steely Dan. Sure, so, yeah, yeah no. if you can imagine that. Yeah. But so, in a way, like how Joe Jackson, I feel is like the mayor, like mid-era Joe Jackson is mm, the mayor of Sophistapop. Yeah, like, stepping out. My, like, yeah, yeah. Michael McDonald is definitely the mayor of Yacht Rock. Right. No. So, of course, have to do a Doobie Brothers song. You right. guys did. I mean, like you didn't even go deep 
And I think that's actually taking more of a chance because people have more of a reference for it. Oh, man. Like, there's yeah. probably some people that have never heard Guilty. I mean, because you yeah. definitely have to be of a certain age, I think. Sure, sure. Uh, but taking it to the streets, you could probably turn on ZPS today and you'll yeah. hear it. Yeah, everybody's so, heard that song. I, I had personally wanted to do It Keeps You Running. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Because that's, that's like my favorite uh, Doobie, Doobie song. I would but... have loaned you my Casio for that if yeah, you didn't exactly. have one. So, because it just has that Casio <laughs> right. thing going on. No, I love that song. But this song, when they approached me with it, it was like, oh my God, how am I going to sing this? And uh, it took a lot of a lot of work. And uh, one thing I'll say about doing this during the pandemic was it was like, it was like an exercise program for me every day because okay. I wasn't working, uh, not singing, not not singing, not playing, not hadn't. Yeah. Been, I still, to this day, haven't played in the same room with another person since April of 2020. Wow. So uh, no, but it was a definite like exercise uh, for me, like to get up and you know go do this, go do that, and it was like okay, uh, and I just spend all day doing it, and usually I wouldn't get it in the first day. I have to. Yeah totally throttle my throat and then the next morning i'd wake up and try it again and I'd usually end up getting it the second day but yeah like i was i was pretty blown away and i think i even i think i must have asked randy like is that darren singing on that like <laughs> i don't want to bother you about it but it was just like man like i i could you know i i've only went karaoke level with my professionalism and <laughs> lack thereof so like I'll I'll do a Billy Idol song because Billy's like a good tenor. Right, he's right. a perfect tenor. Soul growler, as Ralph right. would say. So you you can kind of get in there. But Michael McDonald, that's like that's challenging. Mm. I would never. I I personally would never approach Michael McDonald stuff. So it must have taken. A, it, I mean, a little while. It did. It's that cornbread throat that he's got yeah. to where it's just. It sounds like he just ate a biscuit and he's just like <laughs> singing through the muck. You know, and then when he starts getting all like super, like almost like uh, like soul church at the end, where yeah. he's just going off and saying yeah. random crap, it was uh, yeah, it was a challenge because I definitely don't sing like that in my my regular life, you yeah. know. So well, I definitely wanted to spotlight this song because, like I said, it's definitely a highlight. And for someone that knows you and is familiar with your previous work, I was just like. Wow! All right, <laughs> and that that's not a bad thing. Right, it's always no, good I mean, to you know throw it out there. I think anybody that follows Pinkish Black was probably kind of surprised by all of this, just because it's like I don't sing like that. I don't really know if what you would, what I do is considered singing for Pinkish uh, Black because it's a lot of baritone moaning a lot of times. So, yeah, but it works. It lends itself to yeah. the music. That's yeah. what it. That's what it needs. But every once in a while, I'll get sort of croonerish. But that's about it. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about some more crooner moments later here, but until then, check this out from Zombie and Friends Volume 1. This is Taking It to the Streets.
Taking it to the streets, Zombie and Friends. Of course, my guest, Darren Beck, here on lead vocals, and everybody did a great job on it. And I actually audibled that to this point in the show because, hey, we had to do a double shot not only of Michael McDonald involved songs, but also they were both originally produced by Ted Templeman. So, right. fun stuff. That's the kind of nerdy shit you get here on Rock Strikes 10. <laughs> And we did reference Billy Idol before that track, so I feel like let's pivot back over to the impending volume two. Guys did one of my all-time favorite songs, Eyes Without a Face. Like, I love that song so much, I I even played the acoustic version on my show before. Oh, wow. So it's 83, 84, to mm-hmm. me, is like the peak of pop music. Oh, That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So tackling this song. So, yeah, I mean, having more of a personal history with this song... Uh, makes me want to be more involved with asking you a few questions. Right. So, whose idea was it? Uh, it was it, it was. It's it, at this point, like I can't remember. We were all throwing song ideas out like constant, you know, just like sure. you know. And there's a ton of songs that we've talked about that are still on the back burner and may yeah. get done at some point, but I, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> this one, like. My old band, Pointy Shoe Factory, actually used to cover this song, too. Oh, nice. And so I've loved this song, and, and I feel like there's certain songs, like the Michael McDonald, it's very hard for me to like get to that. Yeah. Billy Idol, this was more sort of in my wheelhouse. That's you what know, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, it, it sits comfortably with me. Although, 
the rap section in the middle did not. That is Steve doing that part. Oh, okay. So no, we 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 traded off because I was nice. like, I knew he'd just kill doing that part and have gotcha. a ball doing it. And did did you initially try to take a pass at the rap and just I think went so? I was like, yeah, it? I I've never that even in pointy shoe days, I was never comfortable doing that. My 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 ass doesn't feel doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't belong coming out of my mouth. So, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's uh, it, it Steve. Steve did great on that part, but uh, but and the guitar work on this song, Phil Manley did like you know just it's uh like borderline Cockney twin sounding with how beautiful it is. I don't know what he was using, but it's it's awesome sounding when he when he laid it down and I got and they sent me that over. It was just like man, this sounds like butter. That's definitely a testament to how fun and cool this project is when you can take a Steve Stevens lead guitar solo, which I love Steve. And you can compare it to a Cocteau Twins thing once you guys run it through, you know, your little blender here. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful stuff right there. That's that's what a show like this is all about. <laughs> so dig it. Yeah. So a couple skate only. Stay tuned here. We got Zombie and Friends doing an all-time classic for me here, Eyes Without a Face. Enjoy. Got no human grace. 
Without a Face, once again, one of my all-time favorite songs. Done very well right there by Zombie and Friends. Good job, sir. Thank like you. <laughs> I, I, That's one I can sing along to. Right. But even the ones I can, I, I still enjoy. Speaking of some of that stuff, so I was actually going to say this on air as, you know, kind of a joke, but I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? That's not a joke because I'm actually going to do this. I, I'm saying this on air because my mom doesn't listen to this show. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you she has enjoyed, loved, or bought, I think, every song on Volume 1. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's another thing that's like, it's a beautiful thing. That might be the one thing ever musically uh, that I could kind of almost share with my mom now that these worlds have collided. Right. So I'm just saying it right here on air. That's the CD I'm buying my mom for Christmas this year. <laughs> awesome. And she's going to open it. I'm not even going to give her any context. Uh-huh. She's going to open it. She'll be like, what the hell, Joe? And like, she might, she'll, she won't say it out loud. Yeah. She's not that way. She's very sweet. She's very nice. Uh, but I'm just going to be like, I think you would like it. And I'm just going to kind of just base it right. real matter-of-factly <laughs> like that. But when she puts it on, she's going to know every song. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, I get to go, oh, by the way, the guy that's singing on that? Yeah. You want an autograph copy? You know, the whole thing. Okay. But I'm totally going to buy this from Like, every time Barbara or Lionel Richie puts out a record, that's what I get her for Christmas. Right, I right. buy her a CD of that. So you made my CD purchase easy this <laughs> year for awesome. Christmas. I'm not just saying that. I'm actually going to do it. I will take a picture of my mom holding awesome. the CD. No, my mom My mom was very appreciative of it uh, because uh, she's like, oh, it's so nice to, like, hear you sing, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> 
No, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. You know, I, I should, that should have been the question to open up the segment. What does your mom think of this? Oh, sir? She, she likes it. Everybody's she, mom from yeah, every band is right. probably totally no, on fucking I, board. I think so I've made friends with a few of their moms actually on <laughs> Facebook, but uh, yeah. no, it's uh, it's it's. I'm glad to have something like that that my mom can actually like listen to and appreciate and, yeah. and fully enjoy because I know she she's listened to she has my other album she's sure. listened to them they're very supportive was, aren't they it was one of the funniest <laughs> things she ever said was uh on the the final Great Tyrant record that we did, uh, there's a lock groove at the very end of it, yeah. and she didn't know. She was like, <laughs> "When does this song?" Like she's like, "I'm listening to your record, and this song just keeps going." And I, she's like, "When does it end?" And I was like, "No, it's a lock groove. You have to like." Take actually it. take the, the needle off the record or yeah. it'll go forever. She's like, I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> it's like, did you not own... Uh... So she's admitting right there that she didn't own... Uh, what is it, Sergeant Pepper? Or... Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least an initial press. Yeah, right. But yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was that was so funny to me. That's awesome. Yeah, the only thing that would have made it like perfect for her, my mom, uh, is if he had a gone Gino Vanelli. Oh well, I we the the name's been tossed around. Ooh. So yeah, yeah. Gino was like her pinup, you know. Yeah, because like, living inside myself, I think was the oh, yeah that was the dude. Yeah, <laughs> we love Gino. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but let's stick with the crooners here a little bit. I, I consider Gino to be a crooner. Oh yeah. Uh, so I didn't talk about this last time you were here, but I feel like it's more apropos now. So. If you don't live around this area, I, I don't know if the story really got out, uh, but let's just let's just get to it. So you auditioned for American Idol. True. I, and you, I don't. I've never even asked you straight to your face. Like, did you do it as a bit or as a just in case kind of thing? Like, what was? I, I'm going to ask you do, do a quick <laughs> yeah like yeah. Reader's Digest mini okay. version. Yeah. Also, we'll talk about the elephant in the room that was behind the table. <laughs> but I, I think we could tie it in pretty well to this record. So go uh, ahead. Yeah, it's uh, it was uh, it was kind of a like what if, but it was also like a, well, I'm turning 28, and that's the cutoff point. So uh, I had All right. I was I like, see, I didn't realize that. Yeah, because okay. I, mean, I, I didn't was, watch, but yeah, this was, that makes sense. Uh, this was 18 years ago now, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I was so just saying the 1800s, season, season <laughs> three, I think it was, okay. and. Uh, uh, back when they still had the three original judges, uh, yeah. no, I was uh, I was trying to kick my methamphetamine habit okay. that I had at the time, and so I decided that the best thing to do would be to hop on a, a Greyhound and go to New Orleans where the auditions were. Ah, two so, birds. Okay, so, uh, I can I, respect that. I uh, was, thought was that fun for the people you traveled with? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't remember really, but uh, okay. It, uh, at, first thing that popped in my mind, <laughs> right? But uh, no, I, uh, you know, the, on the show they make it look like it's only gonna, you know, it's a day long process or whatever. I was in New Orleans for five days, Oof. and they filmed all sorts of stuff with me. They filmed me like fake working at a record store and oh, fake wow. getting off and on the Greyhound. And, See, I, I read the what is it, the Observer article like a hundred years ago, right. so I don't remember a lot of the content. No, here. but they filmed all That's sorts funny. of stuff that they didn't end up using, but uh, <laughs> and did like a long interview with me in my hotel room and stuff. And uh, but no, and he's a Cinderella story. Yeah, right. But uh, no, it was. Uh, it was pretty wild. I mean, really, I knew, like, I had 
intended on going out and doing Crying by Roy Orbison to show him I have like a three mm-hmm. octave, three and a half octave vocal range. That's ballsy too. But man. I kind of didn't want, after being there for five days, I wanted to go home. I was like, I don't... I don't want to do this, like, for real, like, you know. Fuck it, I want to be one of the freaks this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> no, so I decided to just do uh, Tom Jones and Screaming Jay Hawkins, so it was like... See, I saw the Tom Jones thing, so <clears throat> what was the Screaming Jay? Uh, I put a spell on you, okay. yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, it was... Damn, uh, that would have been the one moment in time we could have gotten Constipation Blues... Exactly. ...on a major network, <laughs> and you didn't do it, sir. Right. Uh, there no, was no, a, I'm just there was enough, Go with the hit, I get it. There was enough hollering, and it freaked them out pretty good, but, uh... Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was, it was an experience for sure, and, uh... And, of course, the fourth person behind the table. Yeah. You talked about the original judges, Gene Simmons. Yeah, he was there, and it was so funny, because I'd... And by the by the point that the auditions came, I'd made friends with the all the camera crew because they were more like my age, and uh, sure. one of them was like, you know, when I after my first audition in front of the uh, the like executive producers like Simon Fuller and stuff like that, he uh, one of the camera guys was like. Hey, uh, so do you like Nick Cave and stuff like that? And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. And they were uh, yeah, like, I remember what you looked like. Then. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they were like, Yeah, we could. We were talking. We could. We could hear it in your voice. And I was like, Okay, cool. So, but I'm sitting there talking to those guys, and I see a guy walk by, and I'm like, Dude looks just like Gene Simmons. And they were like, That is Gene Simmons. And I was like, Why is Gene Simmons here? And they're like, He's the guest judge today. And I was like. Are you kidding? Like he can't sing for shit, and uh, so I. No. And by the way, you don't have to be diplomatic around this. Kiss oh sure, fan. By sure. the way, you no. see kiss shit on the wall. Oh well, but I, I want to no, hear. The I'm, goods. I'm, a, I'm a fan myself. Sure. I, you know, I, they've got some really good songs and some really terrible ones. Yeah, oh but, yeah. Uh, no, That's the beauty uh, of it, right? The, the 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 part that I'm so bummed that they didn't include was me telling Gene Simmons that Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. And he just told, he just cold stared at just didn't respond at all. Just oh. stared at me. Cuz this was back when it was yeah. only available on VHS still. R- right, yeah. So, and they I had owned up to it. Yeah, so, yeah. but uh no, he just did not respond at all. I still, you know, as savvy as a businessman as they claim Gene to be and also Paul very savvy as well the thing that kills me is that the way you can completely take control over the narrative of Kiss Meets the Phantom now uh-huh. is to license it out to riff tracks right oh, man, like how awesome. have you not done that I know at this right point? Yeah. like a dual release where you have the option of both right I mean, it'd be amazing. They no one makes fun of that movie more than them. Yeah, yeah. So if they're in on the joke, why not bring it out to the world? Exactly. No, they should. I would. I would go see that live in a second. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I just want to put that out. I'd the, sooner the go universe. see that than a Kiss concert. So <laughs> no, no, sure. I, I understand that. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Back to you. Uh, but no, it, uh, you know, uh, they told they. <laughs> told me that uh it was weird and that i belonged in a and well the reason that that simon said uh you know i can see you performing in in uh panties and red lipstick at a small cabaret or something was because i had told them or told one of the producers like oh i have a drag character that i used to do back then called miss fist and uh they took that and ran with it okay. and i was just kind of like oh okay oh so they're they're going they're going this route with it sure so whatever you know but uh <laughs> no i mean the whole thing was in was it i didn't expect to get on the show sure. but at the same time i i watched the show since the first season and been That's a big fan of just all the weirdness that right. it produces because it was really 
the main vehicle for outsider music at that time. Like yeah. that was the only way you're going to see people that should not be doing music doing music, right? On a on a national scale, yeah. you know. So I was huge fan and wanted to just kind of be like the best of the worst, basically. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of did that, you know. So yeah, no, I the fact that you got like a profile and the whole thing, right? Like, and got some local press love out of it. It was good so and funny. bad, the, but like yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, and the funniest thing was when uh, the week be- or the Sunday before it aired during the Simpsons when the Simpsons was still you know good yeah, yeah when you would uh, want to watch yeah it no when all my friends were just watching it like they showed a preview like a promo uh, with me in it oh man during the Simpsons <laughs> and I was living with my grandparents at the time and the phone just started ringing off the wall <laughs> all these people going did I because I didn't tell anybody I went sure. like I told one person in Denton uh to because I was going to try to get my friend at the time to go with me and he flaked but uh no it uh no one knew I had done it so yeah. then, then, and I didn't know if they're going to air it. So yeah. when it aired on The Simpsons, and it was just like, oh, okay. And then all these people were like, "Did I just see you on American Idol?" And it's like, yeah, <laughs> right. And the other half of the reason I really didn't even bring it up last time you're on the show is because just knowing you and just hanging out with you, I never think of you as that guy in a sense. But weirdly enough, getting getting back to the record, uh, when I put on Volume One on the turntable. And the Lou Rawls song came on. I was like, you have hit fucking full circle. Yeah. <laughs> like, because to me, like, because, you know, you did the Tom Jones thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I kind of put those guys kind of in the sure, same sure. pocket. And probably neither a smoother singer has ever existed outside of a Lou Rawls than maybe like a Tom Jones. Right. I mean, for slightly different reasons, but, you know, I feel like the crooner thing really came full oh, circle well, with you. doing that song. That that song is my favorite on the entire record. That song is the one that I felt like I nailed that one better than any of the others. Because that song, I've sang that song in my car hundreds of times. And nice. uh, no, I've just, that song's been like just a part of my life since I was a kid uh watching the uh Lou Rawls Easter telethons that used to come on back in the early 80s. Nice. But uh no man. I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was either that or Jerry Le- Jerry Lewis telethons. Yeah, yeah. So. and then, of course Lou Rawls is yeah, the better yeah, show. I would rather watch yeah. Lou Rawls. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, you know what? Actually, I, I had something else lined up to play, but let's go ahead and do that. Fuck okay. It. I, it's, it's your favorite song on the record. I should have put it to you. Like, no, that's cool. get to guess I, DJ. I, I do like that one. <laughs> All right. So from Zombie and Friends Volume 1, here is their version of You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine. You know this song. Enjoy it once again.
Yes, bet you thought you'd never hear that one on Rock Strikes 10. We get to be all cool and subversive here. You'll never find another love like mine. Great lead vocal, Mr. Beck. Thanks. And, yeah, we were talking off air while the song was playing. Once again, the production, top, top order. Oh, I yeah. Mean, no, Steve, Steve really, like, nailed that the, the orchestration parts of this song. And just, yeah. yeah, it sounds just incredible. Yeah, another great moment just spinning that on the record player. I right. mean, just like, damn, man. So, <laughs> and it was, I, I swear I think I was actually washing dishes whenever that came on. Oh, wow. I was like, I bet my mom has washed dishes to this song. Probably like, so. it turned into that. I was like, I'm ha- am I having a moment here? Okay, all right. No, that's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, one of the things that me and Steve keep laughing about is it's, it's like, I bet Relapse Records never thought that they would have a Lou Rawls cover, like, in their <laughs> roster. You'll never have a Lou Rawls, okay. So, um, it's possible my grandmother washed dishes to that right. song, too. I, I bet you. Anyway, she was, uh, she was a church lady. Uh, yeah, that's my Statler brothers love, and yeah, you talk about those variety shows. Like, mm-hmm. you remember the Statler brothers variety hour? Well, like, I remember like you know, uh, uh, they was on CMT for a long right. time. Right, I remember like the Mandrell sisters show. Oh, there you go, you yeah, know, which was a Sid and Marty Croft produced show. I don't yeah. know if you know that Truck Shackley is it? No, I, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, that. That's all like yeah. you know HR Puffin stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, see, I grew up in Abilene in mm-hmm. my elementary school years, right. so Barbara Mandrell like lived there for a while, oh. and she had a one hour photo. Photomat there, not even kidding. Like it was like you remember when the one hour photomats like in Police Academy where it's yeah, just like this, the little yeah, booth, it's like a mushroom. Or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. You have to oh, imagine working in there. Right. But like right outside of one of those supermarkets, there was like a Barbara Mandrell booth, and there was a billboard right above it, you know, in town, and it had her photo like on the thing. I mean, weird Barbara Mandrell one hour photo booth. That's hilarious. I guess there's not a lot else going on in Abilene. <laughs> oh, so. there never was. It's yeah. it's all Jesus E. College. No, I'm town. supposed to actually yeah. go there for work next week. So. You know what? <laughs> like I said, they got a couple of record stores, so it might not be too bad. That's cool. So. All right, I'll get you on them. All right. So next track here, getting over to the like that new pocket the volume two stuff i say new early mid 80s kind of era so uh, another one that like you know speaking of my grandparents they were the only ones that had mtv when i was growing up Mm -hmm. i didn't have it they did 
That's just a weird thing that uh, that happened to a lot of people. Apparently, I, I when I was reading the MTV book, they actually talk about that. Oh yeah, how it wasn't it was only available in those kind of small towns. Yeah, yeah. So the first time I saw any of those videos were at one of my grandparents' house. So "Save a Prayer" was a big song for me. Right. So you guys decided to do that one. Uh, you know, and I haven't asked like you brought it up a few times. Uh, were there any other Duran Duran's uh, yes. thought about before uh, this? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I think. Chauffeur, I thought, would have been. Even yeah. though I know the Deftones have done that, but still. Right. Uh, no, I think Union of the Snake was tossed around. Yeah. Uh, and also, oh gosh, uh, oh, what's the song? Planet uh, Earth? No, it's another slow, one of their slower ones. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, Ordinary uh, World? Maybe, uh, that may have, but that one's kind of too it's, new. It's like new, you know? it's like 90s. Yeah, it's a yeah. 90s song. So, yeah. no, I think that uh, Save a Prayer was probably always going to be the one that that uh we would do but yeah other songs were were kicked around yeah and uh did you do any synth on that one or no did i just... played no synth or anything oh, that's on this right entire... you said you played no synth on no, any of the I songs let steve do all that because he's oh. much better than me so yeah. well that's i mean that's a bit surprising but steve is excellent i he's, mean like no dude he played in goblin yeah so. <laughs> no I, I know i know and i, I saw that I, I was by the way yeah I, I i know i might have said this already on the show but i was at that goblin show at texas theater right where you guys opened and that's just like next level like so many layers of cool stuff going on there nah, texas theater goblin pinkish black yeah, i mean what nah, the fuck was to that get to witness that on a regular basis for a month was freaking yeah. awesome yeah i never thought ever like from like about 25 years ago when uh chris's dad first showed me the original dawn of the dead because i didn't grow mm. up with that stuff right and being blown away by the Goblin score. Oh, yeah. And I never thought that, number one, that those guys... At the time, I didn't even realize they were a band. Yeah. There's that. And not only that, I've seen both versions of them now, live. Mm-hmm. That's wow. crazy. No, and it's bananas <laughs> because, like, you know, they only did those few U.S. tours. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, with, with Zombie and yeah. Secret Chiefs and us. Yeah. So it's like... It, you know, I the first VHS I ever bought for myself uh, was the Dawn of the the original Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and uh, yeah, watched it. I've, I've seen that movie that, probably more than any other movie. That two and, that two tape Anchor Bay one. Uh, no, it the no, it was one? the old one. Oh, like, the old I one. mean, no, this would have been wow. like eighty four, oh, eighty five. Wow. Nice. I was. I don't even think I was ten years old yet. Wow. But um, no, and and. The Goblin soundtrack was the first record I ever special ordered for myself when nice. I moved to Denton, and uh, CDX opened up there. The X ah. opened up there, yeah. but uh, no, it was uh, that that music has such a special place in my heart because I mean I grew up on horror movies, so that yeah. was like my jam. Yeah, and yeah, I had the later awakening to right. you know outside of the stuff that everybody saw. Right, you know, but so. no, just the fact that they came to America so such in such a short time. Yeah, and that. You know, I got to be around them, you yeah. know, and hang out with them and get to meet those guys. Yeah. That's such a, I would have never thought, you know, 10 yeah. year old me watching Dawn of the Dead, if you would have told me then, like, you hear that music, you're going to be playing shows with those guys someday. It's, it's like, wild. I would have never yeah. believed that. I'm so, I mean, I was easily going to go to that show. There was no doubt about it. Right. But once again, just so glad I went. Like, just that small pocket that we had in time to, to yeah get and just now Massimo yeah. the guitarist just passed yeah. so they will not be coming back most likely yeah, that's just so fucking sad anyway yeah. sorry uh, <laughs> keeping it morose I mean Save a Prayer is a decently morose song yeah. 
So let's just send that one out to him. There Why you not? go. Save okay. a prayer for Massimo. All right. <laughs>
Alright, there you go. From the upcoming Zombie and Friends Volume 2, that was Save a Prayer. Y'all know that one. Hope you liked it. I'm sure you did. You guys got ears. But, yeah, I mean, it's cool to hear about that. Now we're going to hear about another very 80s. I mean, actually, this guy started, like, in the 60s. It's known as a Berlin song. We're going to talk about Take My Breath Away. But I'm sure a lot of that comes from probably your mutual love of Giorgio Moroder. Oh, sure. I mean, I can imagine Zombie is a big fan of Giorgio. Yeah, yeah, of so, course. But also a big fan of Terry Nunn. You know? Dude, it's like, Terry is... She's next level. I just like, went... I saw uh, Berlin recently nice. at uh, Grapevine Fest or whatever. Grape Fest. Oh, I didn't even know they were there. Holy yeah, shit, really? Yeah, it was great. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it was Where awesome. was I? <laughs> that was, Hear, that's 10 minutes from my house. Hearing them do sex, I'm a, in front of a family. In front of, since, oh, a bunch dude. of kids. And, oh, my, are they really going there? the screen, it's like sex, sex, and saying all this stuff, you know. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that makes me even more upset that awesome. I missed that. It was great. It was Holy like, shit. right at the, like, right after we got vaccines available to us and stuff. So I was just like, oh, okay, let's go. That let's is, go see a concert. That totally really reeks of like a city planner mm-hmm. that just knows the hit mm-hmm. like and not even like they didn't even bother to buy a best of right because like it's like hey right. <laughs> maybe not them but i'm so glad that happened that was, it was it was hilarious because i when i saw her it was uh when berlin opened for the go-go's in 99 at the bronco bowl the oh, great wow. the late wow. great yeah. bronco bowl yeah. and she actually during take my breath away she actually came through the crowd and walked through the aisles and oh, serenaded wow. us and everything. That's awesome. Of course, with a big beefy guy and yeah, tell yeah. what she would want to do. Yeah. I was blown away by how, like, you know, it's kind of a shitty thing to say, but how attractive she still was. Mm-hmm. I mean, her pipes were there 100%, but like, I was like, man, she's tiny. She's like 4'10, you know, yeah, she's yeah. like shorter than Dio, yeah. you know, like, I mean, she is little. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was my initial impression of her. But yeah, big Berlin guy. I always thought they deserved a little better. And that's an interesting time for them, you know, for being like a new wave band, kind of playing the pop game. Oh, yeah. Because like their stuff's very edgy early on. Oh, sure. And then, you know, they do that thing. And like Bob Ezrin produced the the album that Take My Breath Away is on, even though that's a Giorgio song. Right. But yeah, just the fact that they went that hard. And I I just recently listened to that record again, Count Three and Pray. Mm -hmm. And like they got like Ted Nugent and uh, David Gilmour playing guitar on it. Right, right. Like that's so far away from sex. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, I don't think a lot of the band was on board with Take My Breath Away when they were doing it. But they knew that like... Well, it's a hit. I mean, we listen to it. Doesn't sound like Berlin, but it's going to be a hit, you know? Yeah. Any other Berlin songs considered? Uh, No, no, I don't think. I think this was just kind of like Giorgio song. That's the one to do. So, any other Giorgio songs uh, thought about? Uh, Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I've, I've um, got favorites, but I don't know if I would have submitted anything to yeah. this as a, much of a flash dance fan. And, you know, of course, stuff like Hot Stuff. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done some Donna Summer in one of my old bands, but that's more of like yeah. comical, comic relief. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just randomly thought of this because we were talking about karaoke earlier. Like, I tried to do like a couple of goth versions of some of those kind of songs uh-huh. and just the worst shit ever like i cleared the room i tried to do like if peter Steele had tried to do uh crazy for you right one of the worst <laughs> ideas i've ever had ever that's funny anyway sorry but 
Yeah, so I just figured, well, doing a Giorgio song is kind of a layup. But right. the fact that you didn't go hipster, uh, really, <laughs> I, I know that you guys are my kind of people for doing that. And, <laughs> you know, I, I like the stuff that people aren't that people don't know about. Right, also. right. And the fact that that guy did pop records before he was kind of known as like a, you know, a disco and soundtrack guru. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Know? Like he was definitely in on the psychedelic era mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, if you guys want an interesting artist to check out, Giorgio Moroder. Uh, so yeah, another one that's got to be super hard to replicate, but I'll let my friends here be the judge. Here's Zombie and Friends with Take My Breath Away. I saw you, you 
All right, that was Take My Breath Away by Zombie and Friends. Of course, my distinguished guest here, Mr. Darren Beck. I want to thank you again for coming on the oh, show. Oh, glad the to be here, man. Yeah. So we were talking about crooning earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and I was talking about my mom earlier, too, so let's get back to her for a second. Her, She's got two songs that I know of that are like her all-time favorite songs. Uh-huh. We talked about Barbara earlier. You Don't Bring Me Flowers. Oh, that's a great song. probably her yeah. favorite song ever. Neil Diamond. I'm huge, Neil Diamond. Huge, uh, huge fan. Yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get to Neil later. <laughs> teaser. Uh, her other favorite song that I could point to uh, is "Lady in Red." Now, not a big fan. Really, really not. <laughs> well, that's again Sophistapop. That's a that's a good. It is. Yeah, yeah it would definitely going back to Sophistapop. And this song definitely, I think, is probably also considered Sophistapop, even though I'm not an expert. All right. But I will say first, uh, we did. I did uh, option a Chris a Krista Berg song, uh, "Don't Pay the Ferryman." Oh wow! I, I really I do know about I, that. I song. love that song. Okay. <laughs> hey, someday. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Randy Brown wanted me to ask: Is there going to be a volume three? That uh, who knows? Okay. I mean, we're we're all down for more. Sure. So, you know, yeah. I don't know if uh, I mean, you know, I don't know if Relapse would be down for third volume, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe uh, I got some ideas for you. Uh, not awesome. not song wise, it just maybe an idea of conceptual right. nature anyway we'll talk <laughs> off air uh so yeah but that's good to know that y'all are still right. down for oh, yeah. doing some potentially and of course all of us friends are going to have ideas also between y'all and not that y'all don't have like a jukebox going on in your own head right okay okay so yeah i said lady in red at the same time i feel like the same time that song was out there was another song out that was kind of similar in my head and i think it deserved a lot better it was definitely a hit I know it was top 40. I don't know how far it got in America, but I do hear it occasionally on the serious top 40 countdowns. Mm-hmm. Is that Dublay song, Captain of Her Heart, which, of all the stuff we've talked about on this episode and the stuff you guys included for volume one, I think this one actually might be a bigger head scratcher than even like the Barbara Streisand thing because it's just so smooth. It's so right. like, it's, it, like I said, it falls into that Lady in Red category for me. But I do like Captain of Heart. I've always liked that song, and I don't know why. It's so it's, smooth. I just yeah. yeah. It's just there's something like it's like a, being wrapped in a silk blanket or something. Yeah. yeah, it's like a unreleased fake song from a movie in a particular scene. Like, right, right. It's just it's always had that feel, and it's, like even the band, like I don't know anything about Dublé. I don't have any insight. I thought like, they were called Double, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's two well, it's two brothers, you know, it's twins that huh. uh that's why I guess where they're called that. Yeah. But uh Well see, uh, for for my money, by the way, that may not be official. I've just always heard the DJs have, say Duble. No it idea. does sound more sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, it does very <laughs> but uh no, it's so funny, uh, you know, when Steve started sending me tracks over and stuff, when the songs would have saxophone on them, it was just like I knew he played sax. I did not know that he went to college on a saxophone scholarship. Wow! And like That's you know, news. like yeah, and that was like uh, yeah, is like he's such a good sax player that it was like oh. Okay, like I didn't know you could do all that, but that's that's great. It that's sounds just like the song. So, so when I messaged you years ago about that dream I had, where we were actually like the band on a cruise ship doing yacht rock songs, like <laughs> now we have a sax player, right, so, dude? He's if he's, he'd be willing to do it, it blew my head off. Cause or I, I guess keyboard slash, sax. right? He's gonna be a utility guy, right? No, like I didn't. A, I had no idea he could even do that stuff. So that is. 
That's something else, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's. I said I have no context for Dublay, so I'm not. I don't have that ready-made question like any other Dublay songs. Well, yeah, no, no, no. no. Is there any others? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Yeah, I, not that I know of. All right, so yeah, this is like I said. Not only is it the head scratcher, I feel like maybe there's a handful of people, even that they listen to the show, they might be of that certain age mm-hmm. that you were alive when this was a hit, but it may have missed some people because. I only heard that song because my mom would listen to the AC stations and I'd want to listen to the rock stations. Right. I would not have known this song, I feel like, even, you know, so, like, there's some people that still haven't heard it, so... Yeah. I mean, they, it seems like they played it on MTV every once in a while back in the day, right. but... Yeah, it's like, where would they play it, though? Like, late at night, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. And, like, with early VH1, probably. Yo, yo, yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that, because I didn't see VH1 until, like, the 90s, but... Right. Everything I heard about it, no, because like, it started in like eighty six, eighty seven, yeah. and it and, was the AC. Yeah, component. no, I mean yeah. Ken, Kenny G, man, Oof. I just remember Songbird, oh, like every day. Oh, you can escape that song. Yeah, that's what, Still, that song's been tossed around because Steve oh, plays sax so good. Man. I was like, we got to do Songbird. Please don't. <laughs> then, we then I we just, seriously contemplated it just because oh. it's like Rick rolling people. I know yeah. that's so much irony i almost don't think i could stand it i really don't right i'm gonna vote against it but hey that's it's not my band all right but for just in case you haven't or even if you haven't in a while here's zombie and friends doing a dead on i mean this is probably the most similar vocal to the original i think so yeah so here's captain of her heart Captain of the heart 
as the day came up, she made a stop. She stopped waiting another day for the captain of her heart. And I, I said that that one's gonna fool my mom, Darren. Like when when I buy her the CD for Christmas, All right? She's gonna just think she's listening to the original, All right? But that is that is my ultimate compliment to you, right there. Awesome, I take it. Uh, I'll give you another one right here for this last song of the day. And I've known uh, not just my mom, which she definitely was and is. Uh, I know people a little bit older than me, people I've worked with, big Neil Diamond fans. I know a lot of Neil Diamond fans. I'm assuming you are one because nobody would sing this song as accurate <laughs> and to the point as you'd have to be a fan to sing right. this song this way. I mean, am I right about oh, this? Oh, yeah. No, huge Neil Diamond fan. Bummed I've never gotten to see him live. Oh, wow. My girlfriend got to see him while I was out on tour one time, and, oh. and she said it was just awesome. Man, yeah, because uh, the biggest fan I know, Logan, he's been on the show before. Uh, he saw him like a Casa Mignana, oh, like nice. in the round. That's awesome. I was like, dude, that's probably the best time you're ever going to see him. Yeah. It was like mid-90s. Oh, wow. You know? So. No, uh, uh, my my initial uh, request for Neil was uh, Love on the Rocks, because I love that song. You definitely would have to write the wrong that Jonathan Davis did with that song. Oh, God, no. I've never heard that. Don't. Don't I, why would I? Ever, <laughs> I won't. I promise. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard it past the first twenty seconds. Wow. I've never actually. I don't shut off songs. Right. Like I, tr- I try to give it the verse and chorus treatment uh-huh. if I'm being an agent about it. Right. Pour me a drink, bitch. Oh god. And I'll tell geez. you, some, I'm not even kidding. That happened. Man, no. I'll, so. I vowed to never listen to corn after working at Hot good. Topic twice. Oh, good, good for you. And I'm I'm sorry about the corn. And uh, yeah. it, when they that's were... like me and at working at Camelot for a month with fish. Oh God, yeah, no. Mm. But this was when Freak on a Leash was new, oh. so oh. like it just come out. Mechanical Animals had just come out. I could deal with that. Uh, I, I mean, I uh, I'm not a fan. I understand, and it's hard. To, <laughs> I don't defend him right now. Gro- let's just growing say that. up as a goth kid in the '80s. Was extremely offended by Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, and I knew, I knew, I knew your ilk in that sense. Like yeah. you know, they were still they were four AD. Yeah, all well, the way. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like yeah. You ever heard of Alien Sex Fiend? Put this stuff away. You know, right. this is like the the Kmart version of Alien Sex Fiend. Yeah. Oh, and if we're gonna bury Manson, I'll just say Tammy Down was doing that before Manson too. Right like when he pivoted out of uh, oh, Pussycat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've heard the Newly Dead's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, as Manson before Manson, like. Be- when he was not even sounding like that oh, before sure, he met sure. Reznor, like that was already happening. A lot of bands knew this stuff. Right. They were either listening to Wax Tracks or 4AD or both. Right. And yeah, so. No, it's just the fact that anyone thought it was 
provocative or scary or anything. I mean, because I was working there during Columbine, and oh. so we had protesters out front, you know. And I'm just oh, like, I'm like, this isn't even real. This is like marketed to be something that you're frightened of. And yeah. I was like, check out Diamanda Galas, and then get oh, back to me, you know. Logan told me some amazing Diamanda stories. Listen yeah. to some litanies of Satan, and then tell me, you know. <laughs> go pay a ticket to see her and see if you can make it to midnight for when she actually will go on right. stage. I've heard those stories. Oh man. And just hearing the records is, I mean, I think Demon de Galas might be the most subversive thing I've ever heard ever. Right. Like, it's it's up there. No, and I got into that stuff, like, at 13. Wow. So, it was I was early on with her, and... and so, you were trying to date people while listening to Demon de Galas. I did. <laughs> I wow. dated other people that were listening to Demon de Galas. That's, that's impressive. Several of which I'd met in a mental hospital. So. Okay, well, I mean, uh, you know, hey. But, uh, no, and, and we used to go one further... And like drop acid, and then uh, put a microphone in front of the uh, in front of the, the boombox playing Diamanda, and run that through an effects processor with like extremely long hall reverb on it. Wow! And set amps around the room with that coming through it, so it just sounded like you were in the middle of hell, essentially. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever go past Tommy Chong in next movie, you know, yeah. like with his amp set up. Right. Right. All right. Wow. That that's great stuff, man. <laughs> Uh, any chance of Diamanda on Volume Three? No, okay, no, no. Yeah. she doesn't uh, have any hits. What am close, I saying? The closest we've gotten to that, anything like that, was uh, Steve texted me the other day and said he had a dream that we covered "Nothing Compares to You" by by uh, Sinead. And yeah. I was like, "Hey, it's a great print song, man. Let's yeah. do it." Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, that's that's still a great segue from <laughs> one super original singer to another, right? <laughs> Uh, Neil Diamond we were talking about, right? That's right. <laughs> so, uh, for me, and I, I definitely know my mom had the jazz singer for sure, but I know I always equate this song, and don't kill me, but uh, speaking of Tommy Chung, I actually do equate this with Born in East L.A. <laughs> Every time I hear this song, I wow. think about the last sequence in Born in East right. L.A. So that's my journey with it. That's so, such a terrible movie, and I've seen it so many times. I, I, like It's like yeah. there was a period in like 87, 88 or something where that was just on TV constantly in the summer. Yeah, and I don't know if it's held up. I know it's probably in the uh, file of accepted racism for its time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's there with like the toy with Richard Pryor. Oh probably, man, that's got to be way worse, right? Uh, Soul Man. <laughs> oh, Soul Man's the word. Yeah, yeah. What? It, I, I think that one might be worse I think than the toy. That's, that's, yeah, I, yeah. That's I, that's a horse race for yeah, sure. Yes, yeah. so the, the toy is still funny. Oh sure. I mean, you know, just the the, the whole master Bates thing. You know, oh yeah. That, that that cracked me up as a kid. Yeah, U.S. not U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I watched the toy not too long ago. It's. It's still got Richard Pryor, and it. it's kind of funny. <laughs> sure, absolutely, one hundred percent inappropriate, pretty much on every level. Yeah. But uh, no, I'll take Richard Pryor over C. Thomas Howell yeah. any day. <laughs> well, at least we don't have to cancel the jazz singer, right? Yeah. So. yeah well, yeah. <laughs> speaking of blackface, oh yeah, yeah, there is that. Yeah, I in set the you movie. up a little bit for yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like when me and Nolan went through the AFI 100, and there's like those handful of uh, things. Five minutes in, there's some blackface. Yep. Yep. It's like, man. Oh. <laughs> so, w- w- what's wrong with you, Danny Kay? Okay. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Hey, but that's America, right? Okay, that is America. <laughs> and this is <laughs> no, that that have been the worst talk up ever. Um, no, I gotta say, you did a great job. This is this is a uh, me, me and Steve 
taking turns on this one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And I do see the co-credit here on the I will tell you his his Neil Diamond smother my Neil Diamond ah, in my okay. opinion. His when like different periods, a, right? It is. It's I'm <laughs> latter-day Neil Diamond, he's younger Neil Diamond. Like yeah. I'm like you know, a few more packs a day. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm Neil at the I'm I'm hot summer nights Neil. Yeah, okay. He is uh, I am I said Neil kind of. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I just thought of this uh, as this project goes along. Y'all haven't had any repeat artists from what I can tell. No, and we've kind of talked about trying to not do that, yeah. but you know, there's 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 other things I'd like to do. I got to put in a vote. Yeah. If you ever double on Neil, Heartlight. Oh, that was the other one that we were talking about doing, okay. and then but Steve was like, "If we're gonna do Neil Diamond, we just should do America because oh, that's like you know, <laughs> it's the it's the uh, song, you know." Yeah. And he was like, "And that's he's like that will be a perfect way to close out the first record." And I was like, "You're not wrong." So I gotta say, it was so good as a closer, and it's once again a true testament to. Uh, I don't want this to come off as a commercial, but buying the physical product. Like, I didn't hear these songs sequenced, even in this way. Right, Like, you right. guys went out of order from release, even, I feel. I think so. Yeah. So, hearing it in this order, like, sequencing matters. A lot of my friends will say this, and it's true. Sequencing matters. Oh, yeah. Uh, you start off with Guilty, set the pace for the, the overall theme. Right. And then closing off with America, you really can't go anywhere after that. That is the encore. <laughs> it's it's the huge epic. Everybody's on their feet. It's the whole thing. It's right. a perfect show ender. I'm going to end it here today on the show. I mean, you got it. It's just, anyway, but yeah, I'm glad you agree with me. And I'm no, glad the other guys did too, apparently. Oh, yeah. So. No, we were all very much on board with that because it was like, that's, yeah, What? how else can you end it, you know? And as you finish the table listen at Relapse Records during the <laughs> lunch hour that day when they've got the product in hand and they're spinning it, I can imagine where the table is at this point. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. I mean, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall for any release that Relapse has done for or anything I've been involved with. But this one in particular, I'm sure there was some mixed emotions amongst the staff that day. They were probably like, there's some that probably thought it was great and hilarious they, and got it. Yeah, but then they, I'm sure there's sure. other that were like flashing back to that first record they were putting out, <coughs> yeah. whoever it was. Yeah. And just like, what, where did we go? Where did we get, how did we get here? You know, what glitch in the matrix just happened? You know? So no, I'm put, yeah. The fact that like, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm involved in some of the weirdest stuff that relapses put out. Yeah. So. And that's why I like it. So, <laughs> all right. Closing off the show here today. This is America. This is the only 4th of July celebration you're getting on this show, too, by the way.
Yeah, I did not do an official July 4th celebration. I don't think I've done one out of protest for like the last, what, five, six years, I guess. Not to get too heavily political, but I am pretty political. Yeah, I just haven't really been feeling that thing. That's one of the reasons we wanted to do that song was because... We wanted to take it back. Yeah, well, America was <laughs> not doing so hot. It's the we version were, that America yeah, deserves? Exactly, Is that what you're saying? Maybe so, but it was just like, we all felt just like... Yeah, well, hell, I mean, we felt like prisoners in our own home at that point. Sure. So it was just yeah. like, oh, uh, yeah, this, but it was like, you know, the just the world is, or America especially, is just in utter chaos, yeah. you know, and more so, I think a year or so ago, seemed like things were way more at a boiling point than they are now, but, you know, that can change at the 
drop of a hat that's or a, that's you know. a daily check when i wake up oh yeah it kind of <laughs> depends on how much gas is you know oh uh, yeah but uh no it, it it i felt like for all of us it was kind of a statement of like yeah we're, we're, we're there's we're americans too you know yeah, yeah it's like, that's i know we're not being represented by the vocal minority right now yeah. but yeah there's we you know some of us used to be proud americans yeah so and you have it there if i have it right i don't know where every band here is from y'all spread out like you said that i know zombies from florida no, of course, we're in I, Texas here. Zombies from uh, they're from sorry, like uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Oh, where, sorry. yeah, so okay. where Dawn of the Dead was filmed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, they've taken that photo, right? Okay. Oh, I'm right. sure. No, I mean Steve said he used to hang out at Monroeville Mall, like as that a was teenager. Mall Rat Mall. Yeah, that was his mall. So. Nice. That that's and he said they didn't tear the clock and stuff down until like the 90s or something. So wow. it basically looked like the same mall the whole time he was growing up. Yeah. They should have asked for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Would they have gotten it? Yeah, uh, yeah. So where is everybody? Like, I honestly don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know where everybody is. Hey, where's I John? Mean, he was supposed to be here today, right? Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. yeah he's in New Mexico, but oh. uh, no, beautiful uh, state. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I miss him dearly. But, yeah, uh, we like John. No, uh, I, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know where any of those guys are based out of really i kind of think in the sword from austin yes yeah, sorry okay, I, knew, so, I knew yeah, that i, I think yeah. ryan's from austin yeah um that's why they got away with theirs easy top cover yeah. <laughs> but uh no i yeah i don't know where phil lives okay. or i think kane the guy that did all the artwork kane banner i'm pretty oh. sure he's from I, overseas somewhere. i'm glad you brought that up oh, once again i got a shill for the physical product especially yeah. and i want to be a vinyl dork or anything but honestly man you get this thing on vinyl it's beautiful for a pinball guy i mean yeah. we talked about how much we love this music uh-huh. the entire imaging is pinball based hell even if you get it on cd the print on the cd itself right. is a pinball bumper right yeah like, yeah dude <laughs> and no the goal was when 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 we started talking about actually putting this stuff out i was like well i want it to look like a ktel record yeah because hey, that's essentially what it is to me dude you those know? credits at the bottom that's what yeah. that is isn't uh-huh. it holy yeah. shit yeah because on the back of the vinyl it's got the credits that what everybody mm-hmm. did on of course it's got you lead vocals everything right uh, but yeah that is what those ktel records look like holy shit yeah and i wow. mean because i grew up on ktel records why yeah. would i buy a full record if i can get all these other songs yeah. oh know? dude so. 20 scorching hits exactly I mean, come on. yeah and by the way i missed out on like the really rare variant but i mean i oh, got like the second or third awesome. level very cool dude how great is that like it looks like there's nerds inside of like a yeah. grape slushy <laughs> no they did it they did a bang up job on it yeah. but uh no, and and when we were releasing the YouTube videos, Kane did all the artwork for those too. Just the screen, yeah. the like you know the shots, and yeah. he's an amazing graphic designer. Like yeah, he does, clearly yeah does some really this good. This guy stuff. needs to work on most of the records that are out. I yeah, think. no, yeah. and I think he he did the the artwork for the last zombie record. Okay, but, uh, no, so he's, he's okay. okay. Yeah, we yeah, don't need to plug him or anything. <laughs> no, I mean plug him all you want. He's <laughs> he's a great artist. So all right. All right, Darren, I didn't really have anything planned in advance when you came up aside just talking up some of these songs. And like I said, I wanted to get in some of Volume 2. We did six songs off Volume 1, four off the impending Volume 2 Zombie and Friends project, which, once again, uh, I'll just say it right now before we get off air. Go to Relapse Records, I guess relapserecords.com, or just Google it. Mm -hmm. Buy the Zombie and Friends record. That's the best way to do it. The band gets better support if you buy it direct from the label, right? Is that the case? I believe so, probably. Stream it only after you buy it. That's always my rule, right? <laughs> okay. But yeah, turn your friends on to it. Give them to buy it. If if one of your moms likes these songs like our moms did yeah. or grandparents, 
this is a great gift and also like i said that that to me is more potential sales so i like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's getting nervous uh but uh, so i don't really have anything else planned so i just thought about asking you is there anything else like the we talked about you got to do the uh what was it the paranormal trifecta it's talking about zombie oh, yeah, zombie, zombie go- goblin, and, goblin and ghost <laughs> yeah you've opened for all three of those bands right right so you have anything else that like is uh personally or band wise musically that you want to accomplish um i think i mean you know uh the next big thing coming up is me just working on uh the next pinkish black record which has no 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 uh no release date or anything okay. no completion date in sight as you're in now. writing mode right now. yes i'm okay. in very much in writing mode but mm-hmm. uh and as far as touring goes you know we were just talking off air about like how expensive and ridiculous it is to try to do something like that right sure. now so when that'll happen again i don't know i hope when it you know i hope it does soon there's one band we have yet to tour with or play with that is getting up there in age that we would love to tour with, and that, uh, they're called Magma. I know them, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, French band. Oh, uh, they're, they're touring, huh? Yeah, they uh, they came they came to America and did a couple of couple of tours. I got wow. to see them in Austin, and it was uh, one of the best shows I've ever seen. And I know me and John uh, collectively. That's like you know. Magma, Steely Dan, Cocktoo Twins, ZZ Top. Like those are <laughs> kind of like you know. There's there's some bands that sit right at the top of the the bucket list, and that and Magma's one of the active ones that we would definitely like to tour with. But uh, no, I mean if anything, you know, I'd just love to go on tour with with Zombie and uh, maybe one of the other bands involved. If we could go on tour with Zombie and Trans Am. And I was gonna say, is that yeah. possible? We've well, set? well, uh, we've talked about it, and you know, Zombie just did a tour with the sword, okay. Uh, but uh, I say a festival package, I would be wrote, awesome. I mean, like, like a really cool, like what Lollapalooza should be right now, right? Yeah, from, from how it started, let's right? Talk, yeah, first, yeah, let's, let's talk first year Lollapalooza, yeah, Jane's Addiction, Ice Tea, <laughs> yeah, Ministry, Susie, yeah, which is. By that, you're talking about natural evolution. I feel mm-hmm. like that's where it should be right now. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. No, but not it all. could be, and then maybe you guys could create something. That would know. be Ooh, awesome. I, no, I, but... I'm putting that out there in the universe. <laughs> We've talked about it and uh, definitely all want to do something like that. But sure. the, the And just to do a show would be virtually impossible because the amount of stuff that Steve is doing on there by himself is... Sure. You'd have to phenomenal. get into tracks, probably. We'd little, have to here and there. Yeah, we'd have to. Yeah, we'd have to play along with some tracks or get about four more people involved okay. in the project. I can volunteer if you're not. <laughs> we'll talk off here. Right. Okay. All right. But no, outside of that, man, I just you know, that's I a guess good goal. The, though the main bucket list thing is that you know I would just like to get back to touring again. You know, at some point. But uh, right now. It's like, you know, there's nothing I can do to rush it. But people people still act like COVID's not a thing. I don't want to get heavily into it, but they're right. still acting like it's not a thing. But you still, I still see bands daily oh, yeah. canceling shows over it. And that's it just takes one person yeah. to get it. And I'm sure somebody's lying, but I feel like most of them are. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was joking with some friends like, oh, that's the ultimate, like, I don't want to do the show tonight bit. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... That's the new one. People got tons of excuses now. Yeah. Like, but I feel like most people aren't doing that because they're not pieces of shit and they no, believe in karma. No. So yeah, and like once it actually maybe maybe a cure happens, maybe it goes away. Maybe just naturally, I don't know what the answer is, but 
people still act like it's not a thing. And I'm just, right. I, I still, I think there are more tours out there than really there probably should be. And they're not doing it in the right way still, you know? Like, yeah. And I mean, it's just, there's no way that you can guarantee that anything will work. And even if it does, there's no way you can like make the kind of money that you used to make. Yeah. That's the other it's thing. Just, I mean, yeah. you know, cause they're still going to want to pay you the exact same that you were getting in 2020, even though gas costs, yeah, so everything's twice, gone twice up as much. Yeah, yeah. Food's gone up, everything. Thanks so, Obama. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know Good. what could happen to like get things back to normal because I don't yeah. feel like sh- venues and promoters and stuff are ever going to want to pay like on a sliding scale like that to make yeah. it to where it's going to be affordable for bands again, unless you're the Eagles or, you know, well, there's a question I just thought of since you brought up something like that. I know a friend that's doing this and I've seen it kind of become a thing over the last few years. Do you think house concerts are going to get bigger? I've always been a fan of house shows. Uh, I, I haven't played one in, Gotcha. A decade. Well, if we ever get one going on out here, I'll make. I know your rate, so we'll make sure you get paid properly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, man, it's 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 you know, I don't even know that you know. I feel like that's a good way to do it because if you're doing it in house, right? You know who you kind of know who's showing up. Yeah, yeah. And you know that they're not. You know, you but know I, that they're vaxxed and all that shit. I mean, I think really the only way that bands can function right now is by being local. You know, just playing mm. their their city, and even then, mm. it's just yeah. you know you're stuck with kind of what you get that way. So, but, uh, but man, it's just for a band on our level where it's like, we're, we're known, but on a very, very low level, it's like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to tour until something happens. Something changes. Either we get more popular or things get cheaper. So, (laughs) I mean, I like that you guys get respect even outside the area because like, that's to me, that's kind of cooler. Like, Local darlings are one thing, but you know it's like the fact that you guys can go to Europe, right, and, and, and play with people like Goblin and Ghost and stuff like that. That to me is way fucking cool. Oh I just yeah, no, say that. I, I mean, totally, I totally agree, and I've never been uh, uh, like you know local darling. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, <laughs> even at my highest points, people come and see it. It's there. It's not for everybody. That's <laughs> for sure. You know. And I understand that. And if it were, I would probably stop doing it. <laughs> right. All right. Well, hey, Darren, uh, it's been a blast. I could talk to you for and, hours. Yeah, but thank you. Thank you again for having me and oh. promoting the, the zombie and friends stuff, man. I really do appreciate it. Big believer in the project. Even awesome. if I didn't know anybody involved, I would. this would be <laughs> easily one of my favorite things in the world right now. So awesome. just just a bonus that we just you just happen to be a member of the family. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for coming on. And go buy that record. Stay tuned for part two. I guess mm. hopefully by this time we'll do a similar show. We can talk more about oh, yeah. volume two and then maybe play volume three stuff if it's happened at yeah. that point. Who knows? If not, we'll just have a guest DJ. You that can come on any time. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, everybody else, thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for the plugs featuring my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt 
and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.